Hello, welcome to the 13 Pedals podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how pedals first came into use, the different kinds of pedals we have today, and what happens when you use them in different orders. In the earliest days of audio recording, it was tough to get even the most basic effects that we think nothing of these days. Delay-based effects, reverb, distortion, they all required large tape machines, intricate miking techniques in specialized rooms, and pushing amplifiers to their limit. When the transistor came around, you could finally cram all of your effects into small compact boxes that weren't prohibitively expensive. Some of the earliest pedals were distortion effects. You're going to hear distortion in pretty much any music that has an electric guitar in it. Distortion was originally created by turning the amplifier up all the way until it could not accurately reproduce the sound coming from the guitar. Give it a harsh, aggressive sound. And for some styles of music, blues, which is what started it, people really liked that sound. And when they could, they started making pedals that would reshape the sound before it actually hit the amplifier so that it wouldn't risk damaging it. Originally, some musicians would cut little slits with razors into their speaker cones, and that would help get a slightly more aggressive sound. There are different types of distortion, overdrive, distortion, and fuzz, and a mixture of them and some extra kinds that are more boutique, fancy. Overdrive can be one of the less intense forms of distortion because of the way it works. In some cases, you want just a little bit to where when you're playing the loudest that you will, it gets a little bit of bite into it. But when you're playing at a more moderate intensity, it's nice and clean and bright. A straight distortion pedal will adjust the sound clip, reshaping the waveform until it is aggressive all the time. A fuzz pedal is the most intense. It does similar to what a distortion pedal does, but just much more so to where it's constantly this fuzzy, aggressive sound. You can get dynamics pedals, things like compressors and gates, which are helpful if you're playing live and you don't want to get that little bit of noise completely boosted up by your distortion pedal or your compressor coming through the stadium or arena or venue that will just bother everyone and make it sound really bad. There are also filter pedals. You can get equalizers so that you can reshape the sound so that if you don't want so much bass rumbling through or too much high like piercing your ears, you can get a talk box. Those can be heard on Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer, Stevie Wonder's Black Man, Motley Crue's Kickstart My Heart. A talk box is an interesting method of creating a sound with one source, but shaping it with another so that you can kind of speak through your guitar, like your voice is your guitar, but saying the words that you want to. It's a really interesting effect, which anyone should try out at least once or twice. You can also get time bass, such as like a delay or an echo, which just plays the sound back later, usually very, very shortly later, like a matter of milliseconds. It just gives a little bit more thickness, or if it's short enough, it creates an effect like a flanger or a chorus where it almost sounds like it's playing twice or it's just creating this weird, interesting whooshing sound. Reverb is an incredibly useful tool that it just makes it sound like whatever you're running through it was played in a different area, a large room, a small room, one with specific characteristics. It just adds a little bit more reality and space to your sound. There are several other different kinds of effects and pedals that you can get, such as a simulator, which can take the frequency of your guitar signal and then play it back through a synthesizer so it sounds like you're playing some kind of keyboard or whatever you want it to sound like. And those are interesting. You can get pitch corrections such as your auto-tunes or an octaver that doubles or halves your frequency so that it's playing an octave up or an octave down. Once you get into digital effects, you can have a bit crusher, which makes it just sound real fuzzy and unclear, but in a very different way to distortion. What it does is it turns it into a digital signal of very low quality, 
and then turns it back into an analog signal to hear. And it just sounds really interesting. It's a pretty specific effect that you're not going to use for everything. But in a lot of music, such as like lo-fi and hip hop, those are very popular. And these effects don't just have to be guitar pedals. They're basically just small form factor versions of effects that you would find in a studio or a software plugin these days. You could run any instrument you have through a guitar pedal just to get the effect. You could run a mixed down drum kit through a reverb pedal or a bit crusher or a distortion or whatever you wanted and get that reverb or whatever it is to get the sound that you want. So really the options are limitless. You can do, you can get whatever sounds you want through whatever method you want. And guitar pedals are just a very small, compact, convenient way to put reverb or distortion or flange or delay or whatever it is you want on whatever signal you have. Lastly for today, I want to talk about the order in which you'd place your pedals on your pedal board. Generally, you'd start with your dynamics, such as your compressor, your gate, just to get the sound to a point that you want it to be. So like you want to get, you want to use your gate to get rid of like this tiny bit of noise from your guitar. Then you want to compress it so that you have a nice compressed, even guitar sound. Then maybe you want to put your filter, like your wah or your EQ, to shape the sound exactly how you want it. And your pitch shifter, volume, pedals, just at the beginning so that you can create the bass sound that you want exactly before you run it through any real effects. Then you'd have your gain pedals, like your distortion, overdrive, fuzz, or whatever mix of those things that you would have. Then after that, you'd give your modulation, such as your chorus, flangers, phasers, just to play with the sound that you've already affected a bit. Next, you would have your time, such as your delay and reverb. And the reasons you want these last is because if you have them before your distortion, you really change the effect in a way that you might not want it to happen. Like if you run reverb through a distortion pedal, the whole reverberated sound will be distorted, as opposed to if you go distortion reverb, It'll play the distorted sound in a space, a physical space. That's what the sound's supposed to sound like, as opposed to putting the entire physical space in a distortion pedal, distorting the whole sound and evening it out and making it odd. Now, you can do that if that's the sound you want, but generally, most of the time, contemporarily mainstream music doesn't do that because it would sound odd to the listener. You can also have a volume pedal at the end so that you can readjust the level so you don't want to blow out your amp or you don't want to have to crank your amp up too high. That's all I have for you today on the 13 Pedals podcast. Next time we'll talk about boutique and consumer pedals. What's the difference? Why should you buy one versus the other? New brands that are coming out with exciting pedals that don't sound like anything else. And specialty pedals, things that not everyone might need or want, but for some people that will be the exact sound that they're looking for.